1: 8.35am, you're listening to The Morning Run on Thursday, the 2nd of February. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Mong Xiaoning and Chong Jansan. We're three weeks away from the tabling of the revised 2023 budget on February 24th and all eyes are on the Prime Minister and Finance Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim for signals on how he will address the economic problems facing the country.
2: Malaysia has the widest fiscal deficit in Southeast Asia after the Philippines. Earlier this month, the Prime Minister warned that the government had debts and Liabilities of some 1.5 trillion ringgit and a budget deficit setting of. 5.8% of GDP as of last year.
0: Now, in an interview with Bloomberg this week, Anwar Ibrahim said that he will work to to, to gradually lower national debt while minimising financial impact on lower-income households. Now, Malaysians, of course, are feeling the pinch from rising prices with stagnant wage growth compounding the cost of living. So what are some of the short- and longer-term policies that we need to prioritise to put the economy back on track? So for some recommendations, we speak to P. Gunasegaram,
1: independent business writer, who recently penned a column highlighting ten overdue priorities for Anwar? Guna, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. Now, let's first off let's get impressions of Anwar Ibrahim's first two months in office so far. What do you make of his Malaysia Madani concept? Does it provide an adequate framework for the country's policy direction?
3: No, not really. Uh, they, these are basically a re- reiteration of human values. Uh, you now he's talking uh, Madani uh, encompasses sustainability, prosperity, innovation, respect, trust, and compassion. Uh, the, uh, so th- these in themselves are not uh, valuable. It does not have value unless you set specific measurable targets and deadlines. So perhaps you'll do that later, but so far it, uh, it uh, has not been uh, done so. So say if you take pro- prosperity, for instance. Then you may want to set a target, uh, say, a median income per capita must reach so much by such a day. So that's a target that you work towards. And then you have to explain to people how you are going to actually do this. If you talk about compassion, then perhaps you should reduce unnatural debts in detention mm-hmm. to zero in perhaps three years. You know, So those kind of targets need to be set and you need to know how you are going to do it. There needs to be a strategy and a plan of action. So if you say sustainability, it won't happen by itself. What do you want to happen? How are you going to make it happen? And how are you going to measure success or failure? So without these things, without this kind of fleshing out of the Madani concept, uh, the concepts are mere fluff.
2: Guna, in his interview with Bloomberg, Anwar Ibrahim said the government will gradually lower national debt without resorting to taxes that hurt the B40. But putting taxes aside, what are the most feasible options he has to reduce government debt?
3: I think first you need to get the figures right now. So what are the internationally accepted debt figures? I'm sure it is not $1.5 I just checked. As at September, the official figure was around US 230 billion. That makes it about Ringgit 970 billion, less than the 1 trillion. So, when you talk about these debt figures, uh, you you have to state what you are including in the debt figures. So, this might include contingent liabilities and other obligations. And every major item here needs to be explained. For instance, okay, uh, uh, take Patronas, for instance. So that is wholly owned by the government. So Petronas' debts, which may amount to a few hundred billion, eh, perhaps, is reflected in the debt of the national government. So is it fair to take in the liabilities of Petronas, which clearly has the capacity to serve its debt obligations? No. So similarly, all other obligations must be weighed and disclosed. So many of the GLCs are not actually insolvent or will not have their contingent liabilities actually called upon. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, Gunal, we can't dispute... Sorry, please continue. Go ahead. No, but at the same time, we can't dispute Uh, that uh, the debt levels of Malaysia are quite high. And uh, when we talk about the fiscal deficit, uh, it's above 60%. We need to bring it down. So how can we actually chip away at this debt because every time we service our interest on the debt obligations, it leaves less money for development CAPEX.
3: Okay, the uh, one has to remember that there was a huge uh, expansionary program as a result of COVID and uh, many subsidies were given to firms and so on so that employment was there and so on. So yes, during this period, uh, the, the debt uh, expanded. But uh, so long as the money was utilized properly, then that is uh, justifiable. So the uh, uh, first one has to realize that the amount uh, of debt in relation to GDP rose not only for Malaysia but throughout the world. You know, but now, uh, yes, now there is a need to reduce the debt figure. And there's no magic to reducing debt. Now. It's basically, you have to make net repayments. So this means you need to reduce expenditure so uh, you need to talk about where you can reduce this and then increase revenue and where you're going to do this you know? so you can cut wastage considerably and reduce the path of, ex- of operating expenditure which are not salaries uh, i think roughly about 50 percent of operating expenditure are salaries. so you can't reduce salaries but you can reduce in the uh, other areas over the long term, you can reduce the government workforce by natural attrition. You, 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 you don't employ new people in government, and the number of people employed in government will reduce. And you can reduce subsidies. Uh, subsidies are politically loaded, but surely it is possible to have targeted uh, subsidies instead of a blanket fuel subsidy, for instance, you know? mm. so where you can uh, you, you can some of the savings uh, from the reduction of subsidies, you can give it as direct grants to people in the lower income group, to to those owning motorbikes, for instance, to subsidize, say, for instance, their their petrol bill. Mm. So these are some of the ways that can be done, and of course, uh, the eventual introduction of GST, which is a loaded topic at this point of time.
1: I mean, you're a proponent of GST, Guna. Uh, Anwar has said he's not looking to introduce GST at this stage because, um, because it's a loaded question, as you said, although he acknowledges that it is the most transparent and efficient tax system. When do you think would be the right time to bring it back?
3: i think right now with the uh, with the interest rates uh, you know i mean the, uh, throughout the world uh, there are efforts to fight inflation and uh, the prices of uh, things are going up largely because uh, one of the reasons is because of because of the fuel price rising so the uh, probably when the inflation problem sort of settles then that would be a good time to introduce uh, gst mm. so although the gst structure in malaysia as uh, as it was done before has many exemptions for essential goods uh, it can still cause inflationary problems simply because of the very expectations that inflation may 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 increase among the public itself
2: and so not, so
3: that that could be a problem
2: And Guna top on your list of priorities for Anwar Ibrahim is rooting out corruption. We'll be diving into more in this with our next caller, but do you think Anwar can back up his commitment to anti-corruption given members in the unity government that he has aligned with?
3: Yeah, okay. His his alignments are uh, due to political expediency, of course. But uh, for a start, he should not interfere in the cost cases and he has uh, given his uh, assurance that he won't. But apart from that, he must still show that he's going to fight corruption, which is now uh, quite endemic. It, it, uh, it will be one of the most difficult things that he has to do because he has to work uh, at the same time with people who are already tainted. Yeah? So the first thing he should do is to control and eliminate new and ongoing corruption. So you should stop any further instances of corruption uh, right now. And then deal with the with the problem of uh, previous corruption as you go on. So he has acknowledged that corruption is the main problem, which is which is a big step forward, I think. And he's the first, I think, he's the first PM to to say that corruption is the main problem facing the government. Hmm. So it is now up to him to do something about it. Yeah, you know? and uh, there are things that he can do, starting with just tamping out the process of ongoing corruption and new corruption. Yeah? So that will be a good place to start.
1: Guna, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That was P. Guna Segeram, independent business writer, commenting on some of the policy priorities that uh, he feels Anwar Ibrahim should consider, especially ahead of the Budget 2023 tabling on February 24th. It's 8.45am. We're taking a quick break. And when we come back, we assess Malaysia's performance in Transparency International's Annual Corruption Perception Index. Brace yourself. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.